Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. You know what I've realized this morning? What's that? It's really easy to love a llama. (laughs) Huh? It's really easy to love a llama. Is there something we should know? Yeah. (laughs) No, when you think about animals that are easy to love, llama's up there. They spit. Can I ask why you came to that conclusion? Well, I I looked up this morning uh, the top 10 most harmless animals in the world. (laughs) And llama's on the list. Okay. Really? You want to take any guesses as to what other animals are absolutely harmless? Absolutely harmless. Either they just want to be left alone. They got no no beef with us. A snail? Bearded dragon? Is a snail on there? Not on the list. No? We've got uh, a manatee. Okay. Oh, although okay. Yeah. I feel like water creatures. Most are of them are yeah. unpredictable. Yeah. I ain't going in their home turf, man. We know. Well, manatees live in water, don't they? Manatees yes. are water. Okay. As soon as I said that, mm-hmm. I thought, oh no. Yeah. Maybe oh. a manatee is a land. I think no, they come okay. and rest on land, but they travel they in okay. water. Red panda. Also uh, makes Aww. sense. I love yeah. red pandas. Really yeah. harmless. Yes. Yeah. A manta ray, which is a, a giant stingray. Sting I don't know about but, that. That's uh, kind of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but they're they're pretty harmless. It does not attack other animals or humans. A giant African millipede. Oh okay. no 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 no! I, I don't care if it's harmless. Uh, I ain't going near it. It's one of the largest <laughs> mill- millipede species in the world. This one shocked me. Possum, one of the most harmless really? animals. They Aww. look like they'll eat your face. Off. I know, I know, oh. but they they, they do. <laughs> they're nocturnal. Yeah, they just want to sleep. Eat their little trash, <laughs> take care of the little babies. You know, they swing upside down yeah. from their tails. Oh, yeah. I'm Harmless. Butterfly. Okay. okay. Yeah. That butterfly. makes sense. How about the otter? No. No. The eye eye. It's a lemur. Oh, yeah. I love okay. eye eyes. What do you mean you love eye eyes? Oh, they're cool. <laughs> I've never heard of them. I yeah. looked up a picture. They're terrifying looking. <laughs> I mean, those wide eyes and the, uh, the little bony. Yeah. They look yeah. kind of scary, but they're harmless. Yeah. Rabbit. No surprise there. Rabbit, yeah. What's a rabbit going to do? And number one most harmless animal in the world, according to cparadise.com, yeah. sheep. Sheep. That makes sense. It makes ah. sense, right? Well, I mean, that's well, why. Uh, biblical, yeah. I was going to say, it's a biblical thing, a biblical metaphor, mm-hmm, because yeah. sheep are, are kind of seen yeah. as helpless gentle, animals. Gentle yes. as a lamb. Mm-hmm. You know what's not on this list? What? Squirrels. You know how I feel about squirrels. I sure do. I have had some run-ins with squirrels, so they are not, and I repeat, not harmless. They might chase you. That's, That's happened true. to me. Well, are, they might like, become rabid and hiss at you from a tree. That's yeah. also well, happened. Aren't rabid squirrels in a different category than squirrels? Okay, I've had Squirrel. four different distinct run-ins with squirrels yeah. over the course of a lifetime. Not Enough all of them were know. the fault of the squirrel, though. Okay, the one that I accidentally bumped into the squirrel. You mean stepped on his tail and severed it? (laughs) Bumped into. Nice revisionist history, Alan. I bumped into the squirrel accidentally. It was was when I was in college. And if you've ever been on a college campus that had a lot of squirrels, squirrels on college campuses are bold. Oh, yeah, they're not afraid of anything. They're not afraid. They'll walk up next to you carrying a backpack. Yeah. They are so What class are you in? Exactly. Like, are you going to math 101 too? Yes, I am. Now, squirrels are, they, they are not harmless. But, you know, little puppies and cats, you know, you think about those animals, you think about snuggling up with, uh, you don't see teddy squirrels, you see teddy bears. 
Yeah, yeah right? that's true. The lovable animals. <laughs> you and squirrels. I know, me and, me and squirrels this morning. Good morning, <laughs> by the way. I'm Allie. This is Carlin Crew. I'm going somewhere with this. When you think about animals that are easy to love, some people are easier to love. Hmm. What about the people in your life? I'm not calling them animals. <laughs> Although if the shoe fits, the people in your life that are difficult <laughs> to love. This is Upside Down Week. We're called to love difficult people. Did you know that? Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, as we talk about the upside down way of living we're called to as Christ followers, I'm not sure that any are more difficult than what we see in Luke 6. This is Luke 6, 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Loving enemies That is an upside down way of approaching things. Who else to talk to about loving people than Dr. Gary Chapman, author of Five Love Languages, counselor, speaker, pastor, author. This one goes against every fiber of our being. Loving people is hard. Loving enemies is impossible, Dr. Chapman. (laughs) I fully agree with you, Allie. (laughs) You know, typically by nature, we love people who love us. It's easy to love somebody who's loving you, but this goes to another whole world. Loving people that hate you, loving people that mistreat you, but we have the model of Christ. Mm. It's precisely what he did. On the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing. You know, they were killing him. They were enemies, and he was praying that they would be forgiven. Some people have said sometimes, you know, he forgave them. No, no, no. He didn't forgive them. He was praying for their forgiveness. This verse says pray. And and that prayer was answered in some degree when later on Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost and he said, you killed the king of glory. Mm. And it says many of the priests believed. Those that were saying crucify, crucify, they believed and God forgave them. So, But his heart was that they would be forgiven. I mean, that's why he was dying, so they could be forgiven. Yeah. So he's our model. And I really think without God's help, We will not be able to do this. This is absolutely impossible, apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Absolutely. But Romans 5, 5, the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we can honestly say to God about another person that we're having trouble with, Lord, you know who they are. You know the way they treat me. You know the emotions that I have toward them. But I know you love them. I know your desire is they come to you. And I have this relationship with them. Either I work with them or whatever, you know. And so I want to be your agent for expressing your love to them. So I'm opening my heart. I'm asking you to pour your love into my heart. And I want to be your agent for loving them. We can do it. With the help of God, we can do what the Bible says. And we can love those people who are enemies, those who are hating us, those who are mistreating us. And all along, we're praying that God will work in their hearts and they will come to repentance and faith in Christ. Dr. Gary Chapman, our guest right now. So here's an unusual question. When you wrote the five love languages and and then the different variations of it, can we apply those principles to loving enemies? I mean, do we love enemies using their love language? Is that in play here? What do you think? I think it can be. I think if we have the kind of relationship where we know the other person's love language, then yes, 
I think speaking their love language, even though you may not have positive feelings for them, because remember, love is not a feeling in the Bible. Love is an attitude. I want to enhance that person's behavior. I want to enrich that person's life. It's an attitude with appropriate behavior. So the appropriate behavior, one of which would be their primary love language. If you know what makes them feel loved, and you choose to speak it to them, even though they're not loving you, and even though you know they've done things that hurt you, you are an instrument in the hand of God to touch the heart of that person, because they know they don't deserve your love. They know they haven't treated you well. And to see you responding by speaking their love language, God can use that to touch their heart. Dr. Gary Chapman with us right now. Coming up, let's get some practical examples of how this plays out in real life. More coming up. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, we've got the doctor with us, Dr. Gary Chapman, author of Five Love Languages, joining us right now. The call is to love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. When you talk about living upside down, this is a very difficult one. How do you see this play out practically, Dr. Chapman, in your years of counseling, pastoring? Those two specifically have given you a unique vantage point of seeing people interact with difficult people. Give me some examples of how this works in real life. Well, I've seen this most often in the context of marriage. And many, many, many times there are people in my office where one of them will come because the other one will not come for counseling, but they come seeking help because they're hurt, they don't feel loved, and et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, they're ready to give up. And I understand that. By nature, we we get to the point we want to give up. But part of what I share after I've gotten to know them and see what the situation is, is would you be willing to try a six-month experiment? If you and I can determine their love language, would you be willing to try to speak that language over a period of time, let's say just once a week for a six-month period, and let's just see what happens if you start loving them in their love language over an extended period of time? And I'll never forget, I'll never forget one experience where the lady came in. She said, Dr. Chapman, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't know you. I've heard about you, but I don't know you. I don't know why I'm here. To be honest with you, I've got an appointment this afternoon with the attorney. I'm going to file papers for divorce. And she said, but somehow when I was driving by the church, something said to me, you should go in there and talk to Dr. Chapman. So she said, I'm here, but I don't know why I'm here. (laughs) So she shared her story. Yeah, I did said, well, sit down and tell me what's going on. And it was a pretty sad story. It was a husband who had a full-time job. He was a mechanic, you know, and and out behind the house, he also had a little shop where he worked on cars at night. And then uh, all day long uh, on Saturday, he'd work out there. And she said, Dr. Chapman, you know, there's nothing coming to me. She said, he expects me to have all of his meals ready and keep his clothes clean and, and, you know, treat him with dignity and respect. And she said, but there's nothing coming to me. He's totally into himself. And I said, well, I'm empathetic with you, you know. I I can see how you'd feel that way. But eventually I challenged her to this six-month experiment. His language was words of affirmation. And she said, well, Dr. Chapman, first of all, I don't know what I can say good about him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, does he ever take a shower? And she said, well, yes. I said, well, why don't we just start there? I, I haven't told you this, but I really appreciate you taking a shower. I've heard that there are men who don't, you know, and I appreciate <laughs> So she, she started doing that just once a week. She tried to do it. 
It was about four months before anything began to turn around. But about four months into this, one night after dinner, he said to her, is there anything I can do to help you before I go out to the shop? And she was shocked. And she said, well, if you would like. And she told him something to do, and he did it. And after that, almost every week, at least once, he would say that to her after dinner. Well, her language, love language, was acts of service. So really, she's now teaching him how to love her, and he's doing it. Wow. (laughs) At the end of six months, she said, Gary, if anyone had told me that I would ever have love feelings for him again, you know, feel love toward him, I I would have said it couldn't happen. She said, but it has. She said, Dr. Chapman, he's doing everything I ask him to do. You know, she said, "I'm, I'm just as happy as I can be. You know, uh, you can't guarantee that, that if we follow what Jesus said and we return good for evil, uh, we can't guarantee that the person will turn around. Listen, people spit in God's face, and God loves them and gives them breath every day, and they still curse God and walk away. We can't make our spouse change, but we can influence our spouse. Mm. And one of the most powerful influences we can have is to do what Jesus said. And that is express love to the person who's not treating us well. Yeah. I want to touch on that a little bit more. Speak to the person who doesn't necessarily have that happy ending, but wants to be faithful to what God's called them to do, whether it's their spouse or someone else in their life, that they want continue to love with no fruit whatsoever and maybe no yeah. potential for the relationship to be restored. Yeah. And I think that does happen. And I think we have to acknowledge that. And what I would say is, you know, at the end of six months, for example, if you use that illustration, and there's been no response at all, you can look yourself in the mirror, you can look God in the face, and say, God, I've done everything I know to do for the last six months. It appears they have no interest in changing. So I'm going to turn them over to you. Mm. If there's anything else I can do, I'm willing to do it, if you'll bring it to my mind. But I'm going to release them to you. There's a place to go to the spouse and say, if if it's a marriage, and say, you know, I don't know how you feel about us. But I feel like the last six months I've done everything I can to communicate to you that I love you. And it appears to me you have no interest in our relationship. So I'm going to go for counseling. I'd like for you to go with me. But if you're not willing to go with me, then I'm going to move out and go live with my mother for a while. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm willing to go for counseling anytime you're willing to go and work on our marriage. But I love you too much to sit here and do nothing when I know you cannot be happy with yourself and the way you treat me. Ooh. Since he's been loved by six months that he doesn't deserve, he's got something to lose now. Yeah. And he's going to walk away and think, hmm, maybe I better do something here. Mm, Good word. Dr. Gary Chapman, uh, you can find more at fivelovelanguages.com. It's the number five. So just write that number rather than writing it out. Fivelovelanguages.com. Thank you so much, as always, Dr. Chapman. Going deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. If you're from the Midwest at all, you've driven through your fair share of bad weather snowstorms, rain, sleet, all of it. There was a time 15 to 20 years ago. I remember, don't remember the date, but I remember the drive because I was gone down to visit my parents who live in central Illinois, about two and a half hours away from Chicago. And on the day I was to leave, a bit of a snowstorm was descended on the area. And I get a little nervous driving in those conditions. My dad said, you'll, you'll be, you'll be fine. It won't be too bad. 
So I loaded up the car and I got the bags all packed, closed the trunk, put the car in drive. And I got maybe a block or two away from my parents' house before I slid into an intersection. Thankfully, no one else was there, but the roads were slick. The snow was pouring down. It was not like the the gentle kind of TV sort of snow. This was the blizzard whiteout conditions where you can't see your hand in front of your face if you were standing outside. So I call my dad. "Ah, I don't know. I don't think I should make this drive. And my dad is the ultimate unpaid weatherman. Oh, He's tracking Hands radar. Down. He has the, the the weatherman Crocs. Him and Carl both have them. Mm-hmm. And so he goes, no, 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 I'm looking at the radar. It's going to be fine. Just keep driving. So I go get another half mile, mile, and I'm panicking. This oh, is wow. bad. It is white. It is slick. I can't see anything. I said, call them again. Dad, I think I, think I got to turn back. <laughs> and I was kept being surprised that he wasn't with me because he's really cautious about these oh, things. Oh, sure. He's like, I'm looking at the radar. This is just the little front or whatever you call it. It's just, just moving through. Yeah, knows. <laughs> just keep driving. It's going to clear up. Yeah. Got worse as I approached the expressway. I'm like, okay, I don't even know if I want. I don't even know what the expressway is going to be, be like. I merge. And within about 45 seconds to two minutes, literally, it was as if the skies parted. I drove out of a tunnel of bad weather and into blue skies, not a flake in sight. It was one of the most bizarre shifts in weather that I've ever driven through. And, you know, sometimes you'll drive through a rainstorm and it's pouring down rain and then all of a sudden it's dry. It was one of those where it was a dramatic shift. But it was so strange because I was so tempted to turn back based on what I could see. All I could see was white. All I could see was blizzard. All I could see was the slick roads. But my dad, who could see the radar, who could see a little bit of a bigger picture than I could, kept saying, just keep driving. I had to drive that day by faith and not by sight because all I could see was blizzard. But thankfully, I just kept driving. Our life in Christ is a lot lot like that. We live by faith not by sight. If we just looked at what we could see, difficulties, trial, affliction, we'd want to quit on any given day. If we just lived by what we could see, what kind of life would that be? But we're called to something better, something harder, but something far better, a life lived by faith. Let's go to the word of God coming up. Whether it's number one or 100, Take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. The Apostle Paul was dealing with a lot of things that might cause one to be discouraged, afflicted in every way, but not crushed, not driven to despair, persecuted, not forsaken though, struck down, but not destroyed. Maybe you've heard those verses before, 2 Corinthians 4. Really think about that. Uh, without the without the tag on, without the but that kind of makes it, gives it a happier spin. Yeah. Yes. Afflicted, persecuted, struck down, always carrying in the body uh, the death of Jesus. That's a heavy load to carry. The yeah. cost to follow Christ was high. Still is. Mm-hmm. Afflicted, persecuted, struck down. But then when we go down to 2 Corinthians 4, 16, he says this, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, 
our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. This means temporary. But the things that are unseen are eternal. We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Faith, not sight, right? Yeah. What would be the things that would have been seen? What would be the things that would have been seen that would have been tempting to pretty to focus on that? Money. Okay. Um, for us, well, what about for Paul? Oh, for we'll, Paul. We'll go okay. to kind of for us That's in a fair. minute. But for Paul, what would he have seen based mm. on the affliction that he was going through, the persecution? He was yeah. seeing a lot of discouraging stuff. A lot of discouraging stuff. I mean, he was consistently physically beaten, mm-hmm. punished, uh, shackled. I mean, you see those things. You see the scars on your body, the untreated wounds, the yeah. the shackles keeping your arms and your legs tied up at night. Uh, I am certain that those seen things would have destroyed his morale the for anything. See, the things you can see, um, another sense here, are loud. Yeah, they, they are. Had the Evil winning, are, corruption winning. Right. You, know? you see it and it's like mm-hmm. screaming yep, at you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's so loud you almost want to cover your ears. Sometimes yeah. life, the weight of trial, the weight of affliction, the weight of rejection, the weight of mm-hmm. loneliness, all of these things that we can see are yeah. so loud. Yeah. But we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. We can see our outer self aging. Oh, man, aging. Not as young as I used to be, guys. Sure. Your bones either, hurt young. a little bit more? You're not either, Young Thunder. No, I, I know. To break it to you. I know I'm only 28. Like, I get it. <laughs> but at the same time, there was a, a time where I went to the playground with my niece and my nephew, and I was running up and down the playground trying to trying to do all the things I used to do when I was a, young, a younger uncle. And uh, then I got off, and my knees hurt and oh. my back hurt from squeezing in all the small spaces. Like, I'm not as young as I used to be. <sighs> Our outer self is aging. Our outer self is afflicted. This body sometimes gives us trouble. Yes, it does. You go to the doctor and they say, hey, your blood pressure is a little bit high here. Or you you, you might want to consider, you know, changing up your diet a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at these numbers. Our outer self, even when we take great care of it, is wasting away, this says here. That's what we can see. When you look in the mirror, you usually see the outer self first, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You wake up in the morning, you see the outer self, the messy hair, <laughs> the, <laughs> the sleep in the eyes. Yeah, for sure. The bags under the eyes. For sure. You know, the rumpled clothes from maybe a little bit of tossing and turning. The outer self is loud. But the call here is to not focus on what can be seen. And then you take it a step further, circumstances of Things that are present in your life that are difficult. Things that can be seen. But the call is to look at what is unseen, which is the inner self being renewed by the Holy Spirit, growing stronger. It takes faith to look past what you can see to what God's doing through it, right? 
Only by faith can you look at difficult circumstances in light of eternal glory. The Moody Bible Commentary says this, When a Christian understands this eternal and abundant glory, the present suffering is viewed as momentary and minimal in comparison. Momentary and minimal in, com- in comparison. How can you look at circumstances that are difficult and say, you know what? This is a lot right now, but it's preparing something. Something's working. God's doing something in me. I want to jump down to 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 7. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Learning to follow Jesus each and every day. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. I was thinking about these lyrics when I was uh, preparing for this. Even when I can't see it, you're working. That's walking by faith, not by sight. That's yeah. uh, trusting that God's doing something, that God's with you, that what you're going through, that trial, that suffering is preparing something in you. And even if it's not this sort of happy ending, I think sometimes we we want that sort of, you know what, in a year from now, I'll know exactly why God allowed me to go through this and mm-hmm. it will all be great then. Yeah. That's sometimes... But yeah. many times not. Many times we don't get that sort of satisfying, ah, yes, yeah. that's what this It'll was be eternity for. when we get the why. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We wait. We look at this verse as such an encouragement, uh, particularly if you're going through something. This is the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. He says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Got some exciting things happening in this hour. Three big things. I'll count them down for you. Three big things happening this hour. Okay. Okay. First up will be a giveaway. Not yet. Oh, not yet. Haven't, I'm not queuing you yet. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> will be our small group giveaway. Seven resolutions, Carl's book. We're going to be giving away 10 copies to a small group leader or a small group member if you have some influence over the content. And we're going to bring you on air and you're going to tell us how you're going to put those books to good use. That's the first big thing. Next big thing coming this hour. Da, 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 da. We are planning to hear from Carl, who is uh, on a bit of a missions trip to India this week. We've not been able to hear from him. He had some traveling delays. So I'm looking forward to hearing how he's doing. Yeah, I'm excited to hear too. Right, right. So that's coming around 745. So lots of good stuff happening this hour here on Carl and Crew. But first, oh, wait, I forgot. Stop the song. Stop the song. (laughs) I love it. Stop the song. Stopping Stop. it. Oh, Hold we the had a presses. <laughs> we got to get a winner. Yeah. We have to get a winner. <laughs> That's right. I'm like, wait. It's time. I know. I blew right past it. I said, just wait. And then I left you hanging. No energy? No problem. We have all the energy you need and more. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. 
Carl and Crew Mornings. If you missed this giveaway, if you or if you didn't win, don't worry. You've got another opportunity around 8.35. We will be doing another, uh, our second giveaway, 10 book bundle for a small group. So be listening around 8.35. But today's winner, this morning's winner, Donna calling yeah. in from right. Matson. Congratulations, Donna. Can you tell us how you will use these books? so excited <laughs> first crazy. of all um i have two thoughts on on how i will use them i have a um a small group women's bible study yes. that uh, meets every tuesday night and so we are always looking for interesting topics and usually they come from books so i'm so excited and then we also have a small group at the church um i'm a, I'm a pastor's wife so I, I can use this. Awesome. <laughs> so Donna, excited. well, I'm so, so glad God knew. And that's why you're the winner today. Donna from Matson. congratulations. Uh, again, be listening around 835 for your next opportunity to call and try to win a book bundle just like Donna. Find us on social media. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. You know, I was been reading, finished a Bible read through. I was, my goal was to finish in 2023. I finished in the early part of 2024. Oh, I mean, finished. that's pretty good. Yeah. But I finished. Right. And, you know, I was reading in the book of Revelation. And, I, you know, what mm. I think can happen a lot of times, even to Christians, the things, the day to day things really have a way of commanding our attention yeah. in such a way that we kind of live as if Jesus is not coming back. As if what's right here and now is all there is. That's true. We know that that's not the case. You're right about that. yet, I think of one of the big tools of the enemy, one of the biggest bait of Satan is to keep us too distracted to remember that he's coming back, that this present way of life is passing away, and that this is just a blip in light of eternity. I was talking to somebody yesterday about my reading in Revelation because if you haven't read Revelation, the book of Revelation recently, read it. Mm-hmm. This the, uh, <laughs> One of my mentors, a spiritual mentor of mine, um, and him and his wife have been so instrumental in the life of me and my husband. He said, you know what? Every other month, in addition to other things that I read in Scripture, every other month I either read Acts or Revelation. He alternates. Wow. So every other month, those are his two most read books of the Bible every year. He's been doing this for quite some time. He reads Psalm, Proverbs, then reads through other parts, but he alternates between those two books every single month. I said, why those two? He goes, well, kind of what we were just talking about, to be reminded that Jesus is coming back and then also to live in the power of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. It's like, you know what? I might try that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm paraphrasing a lot of the conversation. There was more to it than that. But it's like the book of Revelation and the book of Acts. So if you're looking at kind of where to land as you're starting a new year, those would be great books to revisit if you haven't in some time. Just a little bonus, not not even in line with what we're talking about on theme today, but thought I'd share it with you because it blessed me. Hey, coming up after news here in the next 15 minutes or so, we're going to be checking in with Carl, who's on a mission trip in India. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Hey, quick note on this week's Snapshot Testimony podcast. You're going to love this story. Alvi, who I interviewed for this week's uh, segment, this week's yeah. episode, 
She's in the Boom Crew. Oh, yes. She Yay. is incredible. She's 82 years young. Oh, And just so contagious with her faith, with her joy. She's gone through great difficulty. And the joy that she has, the youth that she has... My goodness, you got to hear Alvy's story in this week's episode of Snapshot Testimony. So just text the word SNAP. I'll send you the link. SNAP to 312-274-9624. SNAP to 312-274-9624. I want to go to 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Uh, This was Paul writing uh, to the church in Corinth. And he had been through some things, some difficulty, persecution, hardship, calamity, But he says this, he says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient just means temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen. Anyone else found this challenging to do sometimes? Always. What you can see (gasps) for Paul, his outer self, suffering, afflicted. I want to throw in aging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you think about it, and I don't just mean this in a morbid way, but from the moment we are born, we, our bodies are dying. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I know that sounds really morbid, but the, these tents, these the, the what we're in. You've now entered a clock. Yeah, and the clock is ticking. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. you don't really like to think like that, but we are reminded all the time that we are aging. Our bodies are breaking down. We don't move as quickly as we used to. Maybe we're not as healthy or have as much vitality as we used to. The aging process, even when you take wonderful care of yourself. You still age. Your body still eventually breaks down. But Paul says, don't worry about the things that we can see. And this includes all kind of affliction, calamity, not just this outer tent, but I think we can apply this to the circumstances and difficulties of life, the things that we go through. In this world, we will have trouble, the word says, but take heart because I've overcome the world. We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Our inner self, when we are in Christ, is being renewed by the Holy Spirit. So as our outer self is breaking down, our inner self is growing stronger. That's encouraging, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) But what if all you could trust was what you could see? What if all you had was this breaking down, aging body? That would be a hard way to live. Right? I, I've always said I, if I didn't believe in God, I would be a nihilist, like mm-hmm. as in life it's has honest. no point. Yeah. Because it doesn't without him. Yeah. What the, What does that do to the cross? Exactly. Man. It takes faith to look past what you can see mm. to what God's doing in it. And only by faith can you look at difficult circumstances that you're facing today in light of eternal glory. The Moody Bible Commentary says this, when a Christian understands this eternal and abundant glory, the present suffering is viewed as momentary and minimal in comparison. The way of the world says what I, I, I believe it when I can see it. 
My circumstances sort of dictate how I view life. When things are going well, I'm in a good space. When life shifts, when life gets hard, I'll do do my best to get through it. But I believe what I can see. But the faith walk is something entirely different. We don't look to what can be seen. We look to what can be, what is unseen. Second Corinthians 5, 6 through 7. So we are always of good courage. We know that we, while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Maybe you needed that reminder today. Whatever you can see today, maybe it's discouraging. Look not to what is seen, but to the things that are unseen. New to the show? We're glad you're here. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Carl and Crew Mornings, if you've been wondering, haven't heard Carl much this week. As mentioned, Carl's traveling with India Partners. He is in India right now, and he's called in. Carl, how are you doing? I know you had a a bit of a rough trip getting there, lots of delays, but you're now finally in India. Tell us what you're seeing, what you're doing. Yeah, it was a good trip getting here, good in that it had a lot of adventure. But, uh, yeah, we're here in Mumbai. Mumbai is not a small town, and it is, if you've got traffic issues, you're going to have issues here because it is something else. It is, um, it's a town that is uh, steeped in busyness, hanging on for dear life, and a lot of hurting people. But today I had the privilege of being out uh, it took us about an hour, uh, hour and 45 minutes to get back here, but it was it was a tough day today, Allie. We went to the red light district of Mumbai, one of the larger ones, and I walked up uh, and down alley after alley of uh, women that are sitting out in front um, looking for customers and uh, these these women have been a lot of them have been enslaved um, at times these women are put on the streets by their husbands ally mm. sometimes they're put on streets by pimps um, a lot of them have grown up in this in the caste system that isn't really that well known and it's not utilized fully here in India anymore uh, the, this is the group of people that are the untouchables. And a lot of these folks that are here, these women that are here, and a lot of them very young women, a lot of them um, younger younger than 18, Allie. Mm. Uh, but a lot of these women and girls come from further reaches, sometimes way north in India. And it's heartbreaking. I mean, I, I'll tell you straight up, it's heartbreaking. And if not for the Ministry of Indi- uh, India Partners, it would be crushing because, and we'd have to get over here. If I saw this without knowing that there's gospel efforts going into these areas, I'd be like, all right, we're going, yeah. let's go because it's that deep a need. Wow. Wow. Describe what, what it's like there. I mean, there's, is, does that sort of culture per, pervade throughout the city, or is it sort of hidden in the shadows and you wouldn't even see it if you're not looking for it? It's it's part of the culture. It's more dominant in some places than others, um, but this is an industrial area, large, large industrial area. And 
sadly, it's a property, a large property that's owned by a lot of big manufacturing companies, apparently. And uh, they have sublet a lot of these, what I would call shacks, um, out to, uh, they've landlorded them out. And there's, I guess, I guess you could call them slumlords. Let's call it what it is. And uh, so these, these girls that are trafficked here, I think one of the greatest tragedies is, is that they're constantly held in debt. And it's it's difficult to get them out. Uh, Ali, they're turning around between 10 and 40 customers a day every day of the year. And it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. We are seeing great stories of rescues. Um, There's a welcome center in the center of this area that I went to the top of, I actually got some video footage, but I've got to edit it for obvious reasons here. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's a tough thing to look out over these rows and rows of shacks, basically, and to see that they're imprisoned in this environment. Uh, it's, it's a tough deal, but the, where I was climbing up to this rooftop to get a kind of a bird's eye view of the area is a welcome center. And it's the bridge to uh, the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. The people that are working with India partners are some of the most radically committed Jesus followers I've, I've ever met in my life. And um, it's, it's a tremendous thing to see their hearts for God and how they're leveraging meager resources in a way to do God-sized tasks. It's just a beautiful thing. So I'm encouraged. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. We've got about a a minute or two left before we have to hit news. But uh, what's God stirring in your heart? Obviously, we miss you here. We miss your voice, but trust that God's God's at work there. Uh, What do you sense God doing in you as you're taking all this in? It's a good question. I think... You know, I've been around the world enough where it doesn't utterly shock me. Right. But it's it takes you back a bit. But I think the best, I think the thing that I took away from this is that in all this pain and suffering, the light of Jesus is power. Yes. And it's awesome. I had a chance to pray with a woman today, and I can say her name. Her name's Tiva. Uh, she's got a daughter that she basically rescued who was left to die. Um, she took her on herself. Her name is Moonlight. Um, that's what I know it as in English. It's, it's got a Hindi name, but she's got a Hindi name, but it's, it's translated Moonlight. And the reason she named her Moonlight is that she found her in a trash bin with the moon shining on her. Wow. And she's got this girl. The girl's nine years old now, and it's an awesome story. And I had a privilege of, they asked me to pray with her and it's just a cool thing that this, this woman is absolutely alive in Christ, and she was in the clutches of this very this very red light district. She was in the clutches of that for 30 years. Wow. And God has set her free. Amen. 
Well, Carl, good to hear your voice. Uh, Stay safe. Uh, We'll be praying, asking the Boom Crew to pray for you as you're traveling. Uh, Keep us updated when you can. Call back in. I know you've got a busy itinerary, but we, we look forward to hearing from you when we can. Thanks, Carl. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Have a great day, Boom Crew. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Just got to check in with Carl. That was it's heavy. Wow. That, it really uh, is. It's really my heavy. breath. Yeah. yeah. Bit. We're going to mm-hmm. have um, more check-ins with him and more details kind of about yeah. why he's there and uh, what that ministry is doing. And, you know, you hear... When you hear great injustice, great evil, just it takes your breath away a little bit. You know, when you hear about you can hear it in his voice. Yeah. You know, the heaviness. You go, what do you what do you do with that? What do you do with the injustice in the world? And you know, when you think about scripture and how God is God is justice <laughs> and God is the one who will judge nations and how you know, sometimes kings and princes and leaders have this illusion that that they have the power and it can seem like wickedness yeah. prevails mm. for the moment. Yeah. But I think this verse is appropriate with what we're talking about today, that the light momentary affliction that's preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, that the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, that one day... He'll wipe away every tear. One day every wrong will be made right. Every injustice will be justice. It's hard. It, it sounds overly simplistic to say that we live for that day. And certainly we do. We take action because we are a people of action. We fight for mercy. We fight for justice. We are a people of compassion. But we know that even our best efforts to right wrongs on this side of eternity will be limited. Yeah. How do you right a wrong like what Carl's just described in any earthly way. Exactly. You, you can't. You don't. You can't. Yeah. But we live knowing that we have a God who can, who can wipe away every tear, who can make all wrong things right. And we live by faith and not what we can see. Don't just keep it to yourself. Give what you've heard to a friend with the Carl and Crew Showcast. Just go to carlandcrew.org. We have a giveaway going on all month. We're giving away copies of Carl's book, The Seven Resolutions, where self-help ends, God's power begins. If you want to try to win an individual copy, just text the word NEW to 312-274-9624. Text the word NEW. But right now, we're giving away on Thursdays small group book bundles. You can win 10 copies so that your small group, whether you're a leader, you're part of a small group, and you can influence kind of the content You're going to go through it together. We're going to give all 10 books today to a small group leader or small group member, Amanda from Chicago. Amanda, uh, tell us a little bit about your small group and how you plan to use this book. Hi. Well, thank you so much. This is crazy. (laughs) Um, So I am a small group attendee, but I kind of play the role as a co-leader. Okay. And so we are wrapping up the book of John pretty soon. And so I'm looking forward to what's the next thing. I've always liked to be able to add value to our group leader. Um, and so it's definitely we have 
believers in all stages yeah. right now. So we got some new ones and some very seasoned ones. So I'm looking forward to just uh, sharing this with them. This is so exciting. Absolutely. Congratulations. Amanda from Chicago. Excited to hear how that works out for your group. Again, if you want to win an individual copy, uh, just text the word new. We'll get you entered into our online giveaway. Text new to 312-274-9624. How many more Thursdays do we have for small group giveaways? Anyone? Have a calendar in front of them? I do. I'm going to pick out. We have next Thursday, and that's it. One more. So one more one Thursday more. giveaway. So one of, if you're a small group leader, be here next Thursday to try to win another 10 copies. We'll do this twice more a week from today. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.